stage. Thank you, thank you. Um, um, we're going to start. Thank you, Father, for bringing us today to this place to be plugged into the power of the resurrection. We ask that you seal this place right now in the north, in the south, in the east, and the west, above and below and everywhere in between, that your angels come to minister to us. And Father, we pray that your presence and your glory fall. Come, Holy Spirit. We are hungry. We want to hear your voice. Jesus, come and plug us into that power of the resurrection. Because you have risen. Yes, you have. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Blessed be your name. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. So, um, I want to talk about today about the resurrection. So, um, since I am a mother woman, I get my information from the internet. So I, when I was writing my teaching, I said, where, what, what is really the meaning of resurrection? So I went to the internet, and this is what dictionary.com says. The act of rising from the dead. The rising of Christ after his death and burial. The rising of the dead on judgment day. The state of those risen from the dead. A rising again as from decay, disuse, etc. Revival. That's what resurrection is. It's a revival. Wikipedia says... Resurrection is the religious concept of the reunion of the spirit and the body of a dead person. Interesting, isn't it? That sounds like um, in Genesis when we became spiritually dead. And the spirit, when we come to Jesus, he brings life into us. All right. And so I know I'm going to mispronounce this, but I also went to this uh, website that is called Shahal. It's, it's a Jewish Orthodox uh, website. And they said that in Orthodox Judaism, a belief in bodily resurrection is one of the 13 principles of faith of, um, don't know how to pronounce this word, it's called Memonites. Yes, thank you. Somebody new. Thank you, God. Which is the central to Orthodox Judaism. Res- resurrection is the 13th principle. And the principles read something like this. I believe with complete perfect faith that there will be the Tekiak Hametim. I'm sure I mispronounced that too. Revival of the death. That's what that Hebrew means. Revival of the dead. Whenever it will be God's, blessed be he, will desire to arise and do so. 
May God's name be blessed and may his remembrance arise forever and ever. Isn't that lovely? So I'm going to walk around because I'm a shorty. And so, um, but I'm going to come back from time to time to read. So what does uh, resurrection mean to God? And so I asked the Lord, what does resurrection mean to you? And so I waited and uh, nothing was coming. So I started to look in, in, in the Word. And so Lois is going to help me read some of the passages. And uh, uh, in Matthew 28, 1 to 10, um, would you mind reading it, Lois? After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garments shimmered snow white. The guards of the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the women. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised just as he said. Come and look at the place where he was placed. Now get on your way quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Thank you. So this is the resurrection that we are celebrating today. And I started to wonder, I'm sure that if God is in the business of giving life, I'm pretty sure there are other examples. So I kept looking and I came across many examples. Um, 2 Kings 8, 1 to 3. Now Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Go away with your family and stay for a while wherever you can, because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last seven years. The woman proceeded to do as the man of God said. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. At the end of the seven years, she came back from the land of the Philistines and went to the king to beg for her house and land. The king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, and he had said, Tell me about the great things Elisha has done. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, the woman whose son Elisha had brought back to life came to beg the king for her house and land. Isn't that interesting? Resurrection has to do with restoration. And that's what God does every single day. He goes around this earth in his creation and he looks to see who needs restoration. Isn't that wonderful? And many times we are so angry that God never answers my prayers. But he's looking for you. He is in the business of giving life. Let's see another example. In Luke 8, 49, 55, there is a story of a man called Jairus. And he was a very important man. And his daughter died. And he went to Jesus and he said, my daughter is dead, but I know you can do something. 
And Jesus went to his home. And everybody was wailing and crying because the girl was dead. And Jesus said, don't cry. She's asleep. And so he took all the people out and went in there just with the father and the mother and three of his disciples. And he prayed. And the girl came back to, to life. There's another example of Paul. And this is a very good example. If you think that messages go on too long, you've got to read Acts 20, which te- talks about a story of Paul. Paul comes to this uh, uh, city, and he's so excited that there's new Christians, and everybody's believing in Jesus, and he needed to leave the, the city quickly, and he wanted to download everything into their head. And so he went on preaching 24 hours, and everybody wanted to hear. But after so long, you know, your body, your body starts to slow down. And there was this kid that was on the third story listening to Paul. And he fell asleep and fell. And guess what happened? He died. But the power of the resurrection was there. And I bet you anything that beyond any message that Paul could have given, the fact that the kid came back to life was enough message for them to believe. God is in the business of restoration. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There's another story about Lazarus, a friend of Jesus. And uh, John 11, 24. Do you have it? Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And this is a story of Lazarus. And he was very sick. And Jesus was two miles. Just imagine, we're here. Here's his home. Two miles from here, Jesus was preaching and healing people and doing miracles. And he was friends with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And people started to say, come, because he's very sick. But he was having fun. And it took him four days, two miles. He took his time. And when he finally came to town, that's when we hear Martha saying, You're too late. He is dead. But listen to what she says. But I know, Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have, wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask, God, he will give you. And that's when Jesus gives them the concept of what resurrection is. Resurrection is not something that we can learn with words. It is the power of God within us. 
And the most interesting story that I came across was this story in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. One through eleven. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And when I read these, the Lord started to speak to me about what resurrection means to him. We, when we realize that there is something that we need, we are like rechargeable batteries. And we go and we think that we know everything. I know what's good for me. I am going to go and do what I think is good for me. And you go out there and you start using your power and the power starts to go lower and lower and lower. And all of us get to a point in our lives in which we wonder, why am I on earth? Why? Look at all my dreams, all the goals that I have. They are dead. I'm depressed. I don't like my job. I don't like my partner. I don't like my kids. I don't want to be here. I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm too short. I'm not blonde. And the list goes on and on. And the battery is, the power is getting lower and lower and lower. And God He's been looking all along for us to recharge us and to tell us what it is, the purpose for which we have been put on this earth. 
we are so caught up in our constitution that says we have the right to pursue happiness. And we go running, where is my happiness? But do you know that in the word says that happiness is a result of being with the Lord? It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Are you looking for peace? It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You gotta be plugged in. If we don't get plugged, how are we going to get recharged? How can we speak to our dreams and say, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me? How can I finish life saying, I did everything I wanted to do and God blessed me? You know what uh, God said to Adam in the, um, in the Garden of Eden? Genesis says, God spoke, spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they be responsible for the fish in the sea. The birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, saying, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air. For everything living thing, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. That's what we are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be reproducing. What is reproducing? Giving life. Not just children. Giving life to everything you touch. To every single thought and plan that God puts in your life. Give it life. And God will prosper it. Bless it. But for that, we need to be plugged to the wall. I, um, I was asking the Lord and I said, why is there two steps in Ezekiel? Why does it take Two steps for the bones to come to life. And usually this is because when we know there's something that we need and we start looking, and we start looking for religion, for spirituality, and we find Jesus, we found religion. And then somebody tells us, you know, this is what's wrong with you. This is what you need to do. And then we start doing it, right? Because we start eating better because, you know, we want to be healthy. We start to go to church because we want to be saved. So that's the first step. So the, 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 uh, the Lord is saying to the bones, come to life. And here we are, the bones. The bones are there. But what does it say? It says, but they didn't have breath in them. Doesn't it? 
It says, I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Why? Because we need to be plugged. In order for the bones to get life, we need to get plugged to the spirit of life. And many times we stay there because we don't know how to get plugged. I started to um, ask the Lord. And I said, how do we get plugged? And he reminded me of a story. Long time ago, I was praying for this man, not in this church. And uh, he said to me, I think God is an egomaniac. He was very depressed. And mind you, he was a worship leader. And he said, I think God is an egomaniac because all he says is, Give me, give me worship, give me your fight, give me your money, give me this, give me that. I didn't know how to answer to that. And uh, for, uh, for almost two years, I struggled with it in my head. And I kept asking Jesus, I cannot believe you're an egomaniac. Are you really an egomaniac? And God didn't even bother to answer because I'm, I was not ready to hear the answer. So one time... I was very downcast in myself. I was depressed. And, uh, and, uh, and I came to the Lord and I said, would you please take these, these heavy burden that I have on my shoulders. And then he says, no problem. Plug in. And then I said, how do I plug in? And then he said to me, where do I dwell? And he And I said, oh, you dwell in the praises of your people. And then he said, plug in. And my depression went away. I felt better. And I started to meditate on those things. You know, nature, they don't have memory cells. Well, maybe they do. But I wrote examples of how nature, they obey God when he speaks. And they come back to life. You know that saying that cats have nine lives? It is not. I don't think it is a coincidence. There must be something in their DNA in which they plug in. They come back to life. Who gives them life? Isn't, isn't it God that says in Job, I feed all the cattle in the wild? Isn't that interesting? How about the plants that come alive when rain comes? Or when you cut a tree and you just leave the trunk, 
And all of a sudden, branches start coming up again. That is coming back to life. And how about roaches? <laughs> There's something to learn about roaches. They took God seriously when he says, live. <laughs> they did. We should learn from the roaches. God said, live and, they, and repro- reproduce. And what are they doing? They are doing exactly that. Every single day there are miracles. Miracles of healing. How do you think your body heals itself? Don't you think there's some code in your body that says heal? How does your wounds heal and close? This is this is healing. Coming back to life, mending, healing. Who is in the business of healing if it is not our God? So what is resurrection? Jesus said, You. Don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? What is the purpose of resurrection in my life? Why does God want to resurrect me? Why does he want me to plug in? You know, I asked that very question to God. And God took me back to Genesis when he said, God bless you and said, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. God has many plans for all of us, plans to prosper us. To give us hope and a future. So we can, when we plug, others will get plugged. Not because we are religious maniacs. But because when Jesus is feeling our, our recharging our batteries, others who the battery is getting low, they will notice and they will come to you and they will say, I want to be recharged too. Jesus spoke about the commitments. 
And I'm coming to this because um, sometimes we confuse religion with being plugged in the power of the resurrection. And sometimes we say, well, you know, we got to do this. And we start talking about the law. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hang from them. The law and the prophets is love your, your Lord with all your heart. When you plug in, you don't have time to be religious. Because you know why religious, this is the face of religion. I asked God once what was religion. And he said to me, have you been to the doctor? And I said, yeah, what does the doctor do? Well, he diagnoses me. And then he writes a prescription. And then he says, go home. And then I said, well, what does that have to do with religion? And then he said, when you want to be a doctor in the body of Christ, what do you do? I diagnose people, which is called judgment. And then I tell them, go home and get well. Pray. Pray a lot. Do righteous things. And the Lord said, how about being a healer? What does a healer do? And then I said, well, you're the healer. What do you do? And then I, he started to remind me of all the verses when Jesus walked around. What did he do? People will come and, and say, and, and they all wanted to be with him. And what would Jesus do? He would say, what do you want? That's what Jesus said. What do you want? I want to get healed. There you go. You know, it's like when you're walking around and you see this flower pot. And there's a plant that is dying. If you're a doctor, what, you, what would you do? Oh, you know, you're dying. You need food. You need water. And good luck. And I see, I'll see you later. But if I'm a healer, I'm going to take that plant, I'm going to water it, I'll put it in the sun. Because that is what our Father does. Isn't it? Amen. Many times, we don't get to be in the second part when the bones came alive. Because we're stuck in the past. Oh, poor me. I'm a victim. Get plugged. You're not a victim anymore. Walk in the power of the resurrection. 
If you live in the past, you will miss the God, the timing of God. And what is the timing of God? The timing of God is when he said, it is finished. Let me tell you a story. I, um, five years ago, I was laid off. And uh, for two years, I couldn't get uh, a job. So finally, I got a job. And, uh, but they didn't give me the position that I wanted because, you know, they thought I wasn't uh, trained enough. So they said, well, you'll start this position, and then you can transfer to the other department. And I, was, I, was, I wasn't happy, but I needed a job. So I started to be, you know, I started working. And all of a sudden, I knew I hated this job because every day we had meetings. And every day we had to report and talk in front of 20 people and say what was the status of the projects and blah, blah, blah. And every time I had to speak, oh, my God, my throat got really tight. And I started to shake. And I, I couldn't speak at all. And so I started to pray and I said, Father, you got to help me. Help me understand my job. Help me speak. Help me speak. So, and then nothing was happening. And then, and then I said, come on, what's going on? And then he said, well, don't you know your job? And I said, well, yes. Aren't you working hard? And then I said, yes. And what's the problem? Uh, well, uh, I don't know. How about fear, he said. How about you pray that I take off the fear that you can do this job? And so I said, okay. And I started to pray for the Lord to take away the anxiety and the fear that was being generated in my heart. And I started to pray, and I was still shaking, shaking. My voice was clucking, and I I just couldn't stand the job. And I kept saying, Father, didn't you tell me to pray for this? And so that, uh, that was on a Sunday. The next day, I go to work, and I'm in the meeting, and I'm like shaking. And all of a sudden, my boss was speaking, and he got muted. I don't know, like somebody, somebody lowered the voice level. And I saw this angel coming down, and he was set at the door. And I heard the voice, it is finished. And I looked around, and I said, really? But I didn't feel anything. I was still shaking. So for another week, I kept praying, Father, help me. Help me get rid of this. Finally, after a week, the Lord said, didn't I tell you it is finished? And then I said, but I'm still shaking. And then the Lord said, how about you pray now that you believe me? When I say it is finished. So I got plugged. I cannot tell you when I got better. But I know that soon after that, I was transferred to the department where I wanted to be. Because I learned the lesson. It is finished. You know what's left? We got to plug in. And sometimes we confuse resurrection that I have to do it on my own. 
And I'm always trying to be this and be that. And I will always come up short. And it's because I didn't do this. God didn't bless me because I didn't do this. God didn't bless me because I didn't go to church. Plug in. And sometimes, you know, science tells us, you know, you know what the problem is. This is what uh, social science psychology tells you. Oh, you know, you have low self-esteem. What you need is to have a healthy self-esteem, and then you're going to be successful. What does God say about that? Let me read to you Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Another version says, she is worth far more than diamonds. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Do you know who the wife is? That's you and me. And you know what Jesus is saying? You are worth more than diamonds. And I have full confidence in you. That you lack nothing. So what is the answer to the self-confidence? God says, I have full confidence in you. And if he has full confidence in me, I also have full confidence because I'm plugged. Thank you, Lord. Because then I can fulfill what I came to do on this earth. Because he has full confidence that whatever I do, I will do good all the days of my life. What are you lacking of? A degree? Blonde hair? Long legs? A Cadillac? A Ferrari? What are we lacking? The Lord is saying, you're lacking nothing. Do I want to be plugged in? Jesus is inviting us to resurrect every day with him. To get plugged. To get life. To get restored. To get peace. Just by plugging. Do we want to get plucked? I know I do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.